0: Welcome back to another episode of Bell Curve. You got the roundup. You got myself, Vance, and Michael, number one. No Mike, number two today. How you guys doing? Up? What up?
1: How we doing? Amazing. Why well, you guys doing just a uh, nice. a quiet day in the crypto ecosystem. Pretty you know good day. We are ripping.
2: Narratives are funny, huh? Everything sounds better when the prices are higher. It's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's good. I was like, man. Oh, and product innovations this week. Yeah. Technology improving rapidly. (laughs)
0: Technology improving.
2: Yeah. Yeah. We love Ripple, huh? We love. We
0: love Ripple. Yeah. I kind of forgot about this case. I mean, I think this is a good example of uh, these cases take years to play out. It's been going on for years, huh? I don't know how much Ripple spent. It's got to be at least in the tens of millions. I wouldn't be surprised if it was hundreds of millions that they spent on this case.
1: Um, Yeah. Oh, my God. It's coming up on, it's two and a half years already. And yeah. you know, they've had every single lawyer that they could possibly find working on this. And they've, I think they actually also hired a bunch of people specifically for this case. Yeah. It, for internal counsel. Um, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if it's in the nine figures. Yeah.
0: So for anyone living under a rock who missed this, basically for the last two and a half, three years, the sec has had a, uh, lawsuit against ripple claiming that, uh, they issued unregistered securities, which was XRP, their token. And today a judge. Uh, I think it was a federal judge basically came down and said, they, they issued their statement against this and said that uh, there's kind of two buckets here. They decided that the institutional sales and like fundraising side of what Ripple's done with, with XRP, some of that was securities. However, the big news is that um, the programmatic sale of, of XRP on exchanges was not a security. Um, that that was my takeaway in like, in another,
2: there's a lot more details, but is that you guys read that the same way? I think that's roughly the uh my conclusions as well and just to give everyone context this started what with jay clayton leaving this was like the last thing that he filed so this is this is something that's been going on to michael's point for a long time
1: yeah the only other variable i'd say is um they also defined that uh, uh granted summary judgment to the defendants i think that's exactly how it goes for the executives who are selling as well so chris larson brad Darlinghouse, house seem to be uh, five with their transactions as well yeah
0: yeah so to get in detail a little more so sec versus ripple in brief ripple putting xrp on exchanges for trading and funding their operation with those sales is not an investment contract therefore it's not a security ripple paying people in xrp is not an investment contract therefore not a security xrp is not a security in and of itself even when offered through a securities transaction So that was the good news the like kind of other side of this that wasn't making the big headlines was Ripple selling XRP directly pursuant to contracts was an investment contract and therefore a security. Um, and that's like, I think OTC deals direct from treasury type deals. Um, yeah, th- th- those kind of like these basically institutional sales deals. So yeah, what do
1: you guys make of this positive? I mean, overall, this, this is, uh, there are a number of different ways that this decision could have happened. It could have been all in favor of Ripple. It could have been all in favor of the SEC. It seems like they've decided to split some of the decisions. And and frankly, I think a lot of this does make sense. Just in, in some of the initial, you know, Twitter uh, um, perspectives, this isn't necessarily a one and done, sealed. It's all over perspective. Uh, you know, we would expect that there will be some appeal. This doesn't actually clarify a lot of the different, you know, elements of. What potential new regulation would clarify? So I think this is definitely a huge victory for the crypto industry in general. Uh, but I think there's still a lot of work to be done. So I I, I would say the the other thing, just as like a point of delineation, uh, you know, when you're raising capital and you're selling assets, whether those are you know securities, commodities, property, whatever, to do so, that contract is is considered to be a securities transaction. And you know, when U.S. investors invest. In companies, those companies have to file for what's called form D's with the SAC saying that they raised, you know, private capital to sell equity in their business or sell whatever in their business. So I think that's probably the the logical thread that the judge is taking here. When you're doing direct sales, whether it be OTC or institutional or, or capital f- formation, you know, that's where you need to actually go through a securities contract. And that contract itself is an investment contract. Whereas if you're selling these on an exchange, what they call the programmatic selling, where the seller doesn't know who the buyer is, and the buyer doesn't know necessarily that they're that they're buying from Ripple Labs itself, um, and the market determines the price through an order book based transaction. That's where you know it. It seems that they've taken the stance that those are not securities transactions. Um, so, just a little bit more color on the difference. Yeah, Vance, what do you think?
0: You had a nice little bullish tweet earlier this week
2: a little bullish tweet I mean yeah like we were talking about it's just crazy how one of these things it can kind of come out of nowhere and just totally change the narrative and yeah to some extent the trajectory of the space as well I I still like my take on all of this is um you know there still might be appeals like there still might be all this stuff that that's gonna happen but um like we just need laws for this stuff like this even this decision doesn't really make a ton of sense like you know selling it mean, you know, it's a monumental development but it doesn't right. it doesn't reach right. as law yeah it doesn't right it's it's a great you know like we definitely won everyone has that sense all the crypto lawyers are having a field day just nerd sniping each other on twitter but I, I think uh yeah we just need laws for this stuff like this doesn't feel like a consistent framework that we can apply across an industry that's going to change a lot and grow
1: yeah what do you think uh, yeah go ahead on that point great timing I mean, we have the, the stable stablecoin bill, the market structure draft, uh, you know, there's a lot of stuff that's been moving. And uh, at least, you know, as of a couple of weeks ago, there were supposed to be some initial votes internally and discussions internally within the House. Uh, and then also the Loomis Gillibrand um, redraft just came out a couple of days ago. So, you know, this stuff is also happening in parallel to the discussions and negotiations and drafting of laws. So I think, if anything, that's probably the biggest takeaway is that this is just Perfect timing for us to to go into discussions um, with the, the lawmakers themselves. Yeah. All right. Let's talk. Uh, let's talk about like why this actually matters. So, do you?
0: I, I've seen a lot of like tweets today that, that this means that all tokens are not securities. I think that probably is too far, and I think that's probably too bullish of a tweet. But that one wonder- point entirely. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it does feel like though. Um, there's kind of two types of tokens. That are kind of coming into view here. There's like app tokens and there's infrastructure tokens. At least this is how I'm kind of seeing the world. Uh, infrastructure tokens are. It's becoming more and more clear that they are commodities. Where the commodity here is basically what 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 a what an L1 is doing is selling block space, and we have no idea how to value this block space. It's a totally new new business model. But the token here is basically represents the the commodity that is the block space, and I think a lot of these like L1, maybe L2 tokens. Will be seen by regulators and policymakers in the years to come as a as a clear commodity. I think the jury's still out on on some of these app tokens.
2: Yeah. I mean, that's why you see everyone launch L2s, right? Or like things that look like infrastructure. It kind of creates these weird perverse incentives to ship things where the market is kind of like already naturally saturated. Um and so like if you have like a DeFi token, if you have, you know, some different type of app token to your point, like it's still pretty unclear where things lie. Yeah.
1: I I I would say though that even from this decision, there's nothing that changes uh, or that reinforces that perspective. You know, I mean, this is very specific to XRP itself. It's just the facts and circumstances of XRP and the transactions that the Ripple Labs team had. Like once again, like it's great that this happened, and this is definitely a feather in the cap of the crypto industry to move forward with more momentum. But I don't think it has anything to do with any other token. Yeah, that's
0: fair. It does, I think, help the Coinbase lawsuit, right? Because if if listing XRP on exchanges doesn't make it a security, the SEC's case against Coinbase is kinda of toast here. All right. I feel like XRP was probably the easiest coin that the SEC could have used in the Coinbase case, but maybe I'm trying to this
2: We thing. have no idea. We're we're not we're not lawyers, obviously. I mean like reading through the Ripple case, it was about as egregious as you probably could have gotten. Yeah. Um and yeah, like I think my internal expectation was that I uh, like I it was like probably 50/50. Yeah. Definitely was not a foregone conclusion at least for me.
0: Vance, you had this uh you had this tweet earlier in the week. So I I maybe I just let's just zoom out a little bit from from this Ripple Ripple news. Um you had this tweet just kind of like zooming out talking about just bigger narratives like where you're seeing the industry. Can you just tell us like about that tweet and like kind of what sparked
2: that? Yeah, I mean just like uh I think it was off for like 10 days or something and yeah, it was working during it but just was looking at um, the things that were happening on chain, real world assets, you know, DeFi starting to really kind of pick up and be impressive, you know, stuff that we're seeing on the private side, you know, prior analogies to past cycles, like the the timing of where the happening is, is, you know, a, a really big factor in each one of these things. Um, and, you know, in, in 2021, being three years away versus being, you know, a, less than a year away today, it's a, a lot different. Um, and so I think, you know, there's definitely a, a narrative that crypto is is failing and that the out, or that the outlook is not as optimistic but i just i don't really you know i i've tried to kind of like try that perspective on for size it doesn't really make as much sense if you really consider all of the evidence and facts and things that are being brought on chain like we've talked about this a lot but if you have 600 million dollars of real world assets that's growing 30% per month and there's like 15 different companies that are trying to bring this stuff on chain like somebody's going to do this and it's going to work right um so yeah i mean I, I i see that you know historically like tokenization has been a big thesis as well and the hard part about tokenization historically is that really nothing has been worth bringing on chain and that was a function of rates being low so like you know we were bringing on like crappy aspen condos with no no one to buy the other side like like nothing that would really make a difference. But now since rates are high, like we have this window of the most attractive, most accessible, lowest risk financial instrument being brought on chain. And, you know, Asia was a big place for, uh, you know, uh, stable coins. Like, I wonder if we could see something similar happening, you know, at some point, you know, someone will figure out this regulatory structure. Um, and I think that will be really positive. So I think there's a lot to be optimistic for. And the people who I talk to are generally, you know, sidelined, um, in one way or the other. And I think that's kind of part of the other side of the, the story. What is the folks are sidelined going to this bull market? I mean, like even, even in nutritional markets, like the people that we talk to, especially kind of like East coast folks, like this was supposed to be the year of the Stanley Druckenmiller recession. You know, right. everyone was like all bulled up on, or I get bared up on that idea. And it just hasn't come to pass yet. Not not saying that it won't eventually. You're, saying, you're saying Sachs was wrong. <laughs> I mean, everyone, everyone was on that train. And everyone, you know, in the NASDAQ just had yeah. like 40% up first half, the best I think ever. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, like, you know, that's painful. If you, it, like, there is really nothing uh, like just watching something just rip in your face that you want a piece of, but also hate. It's, uh, it's like a religious experience. And so I think a lot of people are going through that right now. Yeah. Did you guys see the, uh, the Patek Philippe NFT loan talking about bringing things on change? You guys see this this week? I mean, not until you mentioned that, but like, this is there is still you send me to telegram, but this is super cool. Like, yeah, here, I'll yeah, describe that's it, that's for that's it.
0: I'll describe it if people didn't see it. So basically this week, a lender gave a stranger this $35,000 loan at a 12% APR, um, and they used. Uh, a patek philippe as collateral here and the, the kicker was that this was done completely on chain basically or with an nft that got kind of moved into defi land so the, the details of this is that all right so you have a borrower a borrower sent the watch to an escrow company escrow company then sends the watch back or uh, sends them back an nft which represents ownership of the watch the borrower then listed the nft on arcade uh accepted the best loan offer and then the NFT is then transferred to an escrow wallet until the term is up or the borrower repays in full. And the only way to get the watch back is by burning the NFT. So if the borrower defaults, the lender can claim the watch. Um, really cool, right? It's obviously early days and like the lender, it's cool for two reasons. One is the lender doesn't even have to know the borrower's name. They don't have to know credit history, any, any of that kind of stuff. They just have to know that they are the rightful owner of the watch, which is kind of what the escrow company and and, and the NFT does here. Um, and obviously kind of for the naysayers who might say, yeah, you can do this in traditional capital markets for anyone who's got tried to get a loan on a weird, like a, kind of an asset, like a watch or a piece of art, like, yeah, you can, you can take a watch to a local pawn shop, but yeah, you go to a pawn shop. Yeah. You go to a pawn shop to do it, um, where you're getting hosed on the rates. Um, but I mean, 12% is still pretty high, but anytime, if you look at any market in the world, like anytime you tap into global liquidity versus local liquidity, eventually you end up converging on the best rate possible. And so the the rates are gonna be high in the early days, um, but uh, eventually you end up bringing these kind of like long tail of assets on chain. I actually think seeing this, the the long chain of assets coming on chain is probably what drives this market instead of
2: bringing something like T-bills on chain. Lend, I mean, T-bills are the biggest category. So those are just gonna be the biggest, but NFTs are gonna be like, if you can actually create like a digital pawn shop, that's super interesting. Because, you know, at a shop, you can sell something, but you can also just post it and borrow against it. I guess here's why I think that the
0: long tail will bring this, these folks on chain and then it comes from treasuries is if you look at how all these Web2 platforms develop, like YouTube and Airbnb and Uber and Spotify, they basically gain traction. They don't start by bringing the existing supply of whatever they're selling on the marketplace on on, on chain or onto the platform. First, they get traction by enabling this kind of long tail of supply that wasn't ever possible and accessible with prior platforms. So like here, let me give an example. So Spotify first starts with all these like indie musicians that no one can listen to. Once they gain traction, then they bring the big labels on on onto Spotify. Airbnb, there was no way to access that kind of long tail of like people posting their houses. Once that happens, now the like hotels are posting hotel rooms on Airbnb. Um, Uber, like Uber, same thing, Uh, Etsy, right? Etsy started with this like long tail of like weird merchant, like just little like merchants and craft people now big brands are posting on on their stuff on etsy as well so i think um like youtube as well like bloggers home video content only after that was successful did youtube get these like sports games are streamed on youtube and traditional tv shows now you can watch on youtube and so i think like when you try to tie this back into DeFi, it seems like rob leshner came on the empire podcast love what he's doing with super state I do see that treasury is coming on chain is a big thing, but like the typically platforms get traction and drive adoption when they allow people to access supply that is not possible to access anywhere else gets traction. Then the big supply comes on board.
1: I could see that. I, happening. I, <clears throat> I could potentially see that happening. I, I actually, I, I would say the likelihood is probably the reverse for playing out in that the access point that you don't have access to currently is is frankly treasuries for stablecoin based treasuries as in like the pools of capital that all these protocols have raised um and i think that that's going to be the catalyst to drive adoption to tokenize other things and that's the enablement uh that's the new technology because right now like uh you have to send them tech Philippe to a custodian who mints the nft you're not able to wear that tech philippe or you're not able to look at that piece of artwork while you are also borrowing against it. Like that that ability to have utility as well as the financial services applied to that asset I think is where you take this next. And that's when it becomes really interesting. Frankly, you have to have a digital asset to be able to do that. So for instance, you have to be able to have like a financial contract, you know, security, whatever it is that is represented on chain that's in a digital ecosystem versus a physical item. I, I, I haven't come up with a good enough solution to cross that analog digital divide. Um, but we talk about this a lot, you know, whether it's real world assets, Rob Leshner calls them traditional assets, I think the, the short period of time, you know, in the next couple of the years, while we see interest rates at, you know, four or 5%, that's going to drive adoption and tokenization of assets in general, and that will drive the enablement of more financial assets that give you the higher yield that make them more interesting. They're more bespoke. Um, and, and so I, I, I mean, what we talk about is. We think treasury yields will be the, the driving force here and yet you know, the treasuries with cash sitting idle to invest in it, but then it'll be the tokenization of the long tail that drives consumer adoption. But you have to have yeah. more enabling technologies to have that long tail. How are you guys investing right now? Does this like bullishness change the investment
0: thesis at all? Or just business as usual?
2: Business as usual. Honestly, I feel like we, we've just thought through like, what are the credible thesis areas? for for crypto to manifest, and I I think there's, you know, probably like three or four right now, Um, and a lot of this is just already assumed that stuff like this would happen, or like not maybe stuff like, you know, the the Ripple case, but um, more so just courts pushing back or legislation or regulatory clarity in some way. So, yeah, like we're always investing for these outcomes. Does it really change anything Um, other than the price? It's nice to see. It is nice to see.
1: Yeah, I went back and looked at this recently, but apparent. Uh, I don't know if you've seen this, Vance, but our pacing has been consistent every single month this year in terms of new deals that we've done. Um, so I, I think that's probably the biggest sign that things haven't really changed or slowed or or you know sped up. Um, the one the one major difference, to advance this point, is the price and the valuation.
2: How would you do? which is which is interesting at least for like the base layers because like the technology is improving meme is actually true um because like if you have eth which goes up it's the main asset of collateral and DeFi, which then gets more credit taken out on it which boosts nft prices which boosts confidence like it is this kind of self reinforcing system um and so yeah like it, it it does change some things in 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 for for some people like you know you're probably going to see people throw out even higher targets now. Like that will be the. Some, the
0: some good hundred K ETH prices.
2: <laughs> and you know, as well as anybody, like when people get riled up, you know, it's it's like this, uh, you know, the dog chasing its own tail.
0: It's crazy how quickly you can see the impact of like narratives changing on, on, on actual things that like drive revenue for companies inside of crypto. So like for, for us, like one of the ways we make money is permissionless and we're having the <laughs> biggest. <laughs> One of the biggest ticket sale days that we've ever had from permissionless. And I think in the last seven days, it was the biggest permissionless sales ticket week that we've had since we launched permissionless. So it's like, it has very quick, which then gives us more money, which then we can hire more people, which then brings more people into the industry. And it's, uh, it is this nice cycle.
2: I've, I've, I found people's maximum, you know, narrative cognition level is about a month, like a a month ago. People probably can't remember what exactly the narrative was.
0: Yeah, I actually have been doing this thing since COVID where at the end of every day, I just write, I, I, it actually started during COVID to just get thoughts out of my head when like my mind was just racing, just like end of every day, just like brain dumb thoughts onto a piece of paper, uh, into just like a notion doc and then just let it sit. And now I'm like, okay, now I'm done with the day. I can like go to sleep or whatever. And it's really interesting looking back at these things. So I've been doing it every day for three and a half, three years now. Damn. Yeah. And it's like usually one sentence like, today sucked. This this happened. Or like today was great. Like recorded a good podcast. Like hired this new person. Rip Ripple, case. Ripple. And yeah, like today I don't know. Be like Ripple case bullish, fun fun day or something. Um, yeah. But it's really interesting. Yeah. Even like a month ago, it's like damn. Like things are a grind. Like just kind of like bearish sentiment.
2: You know. I mean people can't remember how max bearish it was near yeah. the bottom, they can't remember what the sentiment was a month ago. They don't remember the last cycle what happened. Like, it, there is there is this thing I uh, forget it's it's in, it's one of Edward Chancellor's books, the guy who wrote who wrote Devil Take the Hindmost, but he's like, you know, history is like usually like a, a guiding post for every single uh, you know, discipline except for finance. Like finance is like like you have like a year of memory total. Mm, that's just which is interesting.
1: Well, it is funny. I'm spe- speaking of yeah. speaking yeah. of a year. Yeah, uh, do you know what happened exactly a year ago? Celsius did put That's up bankruptcy. Wow. I was
0: going to say this is around the uh, Terra blowing up too. Probably a month after. Yeah, no, I say uh, 2022.
1: That was May of 20 20- May 8th or 9th of 2022, yeah. um, and then you had like June 13th ish, as when everybody was just like market selling all the different assets, and that month up until July 13th and today is July 13th um that was the extent of the like max bearish Max pain everything's gonna get sold off or didn't get liquidated tracking everything on chain and then you know when Celsius declared bankruptcy that's kind of when everything was over to a large extent yeah. you know obviously you had the the FTF stuff which happened later in the fall but there was like a month period and you know this is sort of like the the marking of the end of that crazy period um so I was I was about that before we started recording today
2: yeah if you if you look at it like most of crypto um well i guess bitcoin did make a fresh bottom but eth bottomed in uh in june i believe or maybe it was july it was it was, was around it was it was june 13th right what about 900 900 eight, eight 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 eight. yeah of course it was like a meme number um because we just roll like that but uh then you look at all the other technology stocks and and they bottomed in the fall um, and it, it is this kind of like you know first in first out or like you know yeah, crypto, crypto first. yeah exactly. crypto, crypto definitely leads a lot of these moves and it's been lagging recently but compared to stocks but it uh it'll be interesting to see for the rest of the year Tom Lee um I don't know if people <laughs> Tom Lee you the butt- know buddy Tom Lee is Yano? the butt track guy yeah fun oh, guy. oh yeah Michael and I have have subscribed to him for probably like probably at least like four or five years at this point yeah. and uh you know a lot of his calls really optimistic really bullish but like mostly contrarian and he like whenever he goes on cnbc they just take him to the woodshed they just yeah. you know especially when he's like wrong just rip him apart but he's generally always bullish he's just an eternal optimist I'll... he is and yeah. he seems like a really nice guy too but i met him back in 2018 at Pop's office and he's yeah. a good just a good guy yeah. Like he doesn't really kind of play around the crypto hoop until like the bottom of the bear market. And then he's like the only guy who's like still bullish, yeah. but he, he really did call this, this market over the past year, just to the extent that no one else has Love being, being awkward. optimistic pays off. <laughs> it does. Shout out Tom Lee. Yeah. Um, Coinbase is up like
0: 150%, I think on the year it is, uh, yeah. 80 percent this month or 50 percent this i got i haven't looked at this stock in the last day or two but i think it's been ripping anyways coinbase announced two big things this week one was uh base is open open for biz so i think base mainnet just opened to users today or yesterday and then uh they also announced uh wallet wallet messaging this week which is whether or not it's a big use case is i i I have no idea but i i just think it's cool to see people pushing the innovation on the wallet side so if, if people miss this basically uh Coinbase wallet launch built-in messaging, which is powered by the XMTP protocol. It is end to end encrypted, private, portable. Um, you can see them kind of trying to compete with someone like a signal maybe on, uh, in, in how they message this thing, but it allows you to connect directly through your wallet, engage with both B 2 C and kind of B to, like C to like consumer to consumer, I can message you Vance and, and Michael. And then we can also, we were pretty excited about this at Blockworks because we can message our community essentially on chain so for example like That's, here's like a real use case is we we sold these permies right and permies get you access have a bunch of utility they get you like if you're a permie holder, you get access to blockworks research for free you get a lifetime pass to permissionless there's like a private channel like all, all this cool stuff and permie community is super strong it's there's no way for us to message them like when you let the un bought a permie today there's no way for me to go message you michael and tell you what we need to tell you, like, hey, by the way, you get a free pass to permissionless. It's in September. Um, we have to basically rely on you following us on Twitter and then you seeing the tweet and then jumping in the discord. Right. So now for the first time ever, we can message all permit holders and be like, hey, by the way, if you haven't got your permissionless to- ticket and then they can respond to us. Very, very cool. So it's a good way for these on chain protocols and companies to engage with their communities.
1: I mean, at, at the same time, you have uh, Google Play announcing a, a reversal of their previous opinion of not allowing NFTs in app uh, to be bought, sold, used as, um, you know, basically for the exact same purpose that you're talking about. So Google Play Store, Android phones will allow apps with NFTs going forward. Uh, I mean, I, I think that there's going to be a large, large scale recognition that NFTs are going to eventually become not just a, an asset uh, with financial value and interest in that respect, but it's also going to be something that has consumer appeal for, you know, use cases outside of the financial ones.
0: Yeah. Look at the Google product manager. He His quote was, yeah. from reimagining traditional games with user-owned content to boosting user loyalty through unique NFT rewards, we're excited to see creative in-app experiences flourish and
2: help developers expand their business. It's huge, huge. I mean... Like even messaging and the interplay between games is super interesting. Like if you can really get the social network going on chain, and then you get an ad network, like you can you can build it up pretty quickly into a very real, probably not quite as like degenerate ecosystem.
0: Yeah, I think they launch an ad network. I, I have a feeling Coinbase will launch an ad network.
2: There's point. a few people trying to build ad networks. It's um that's Spindle, another right? Antonio. Uh... Yeah, there's there's a lot of. uh Interesting efforts in, on that space.
0: Yeah. What else are you guys looking at? What else happened this week? Oh, um, Richie, the. Uh, Richie Torres. Torres. Yeah. Shout out, Richie Torres. So this uh, Richie Torres is um, congressman for NY15 in the Bronx. Uh, he, he tweeted out about an hour or two ago. He said, uh, Gary Gensler acting like an overzealous traffic cop, arbitrarily ticketing drivers while keeping the speed limit a secret. Great analogy, actually uh it prefers to communicate. uh he prefers to communicate by enforcement rather than by rules or guidance but that's no way to regulate crypto i'm calling for an investigation man what a what a which, shift which is big which is big because this is uh if you look at the people who have called out gensler in the past it's primarily republicans right um and this is kind
2: of the dems starting to turn on gensler as well it's, it's i mean th- it's kind of hard to imagine that FTX was, what, like nine months ago? Yeah. I, I would have thought this arc would have taken a lot longer. Like, because we've gone through it happening, you know, everybody being in trouble, enforcement actions, lawsuits, cases. And now it's kind of like the pushback is, is a little bit there on the SEC and, and people are more seeing it our way. It's just a, It's just quick, honestly, in my opinion. I thought it would have taken longer. Yeah, I, I
1: have no idea what an investigation into the SEC actually means or what the process is, but just the
2: the narrative, um, I think, is really positive. Yeah, a lot of these things are like also political statements. Exactly, it's, it's like when Warren Davidson said he was going to fire, you know, Gary Gensler. You know, it's just not going to happen. Yeah,
0: agreed. What else is going on? How are things on, at
2: Framework? Things are good um just kind of getting back from from break for the most part michael's on 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 his uh, his week off we tend to switch off just in case you know anything goes wrong you you each take every other week off right yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. consistently <laughs> summers. summer's yeah um what else honestly just uh investing but the bar is high i think that's kind of the theme with everyone that we talk to um, and there's a few different verticals that you can pick. Like it's not it's not like one thing anymore, which is nice. It feels like more dispersed than when everyone was just trying to do DeFi. With any with any
1: venture investment, um, you know, and this kind of goes back to what we were talking about with the de- delineation between uh that the judge made in the in the Ripple case. You know, in, it depends on your jurisdiction, and it depends on you know the legal perspectives of that jurisdiction. But just about in any venture deal, you're selling equity and tokens. And so it doesn't really, you know, matter which side you you are on when it comes to the investment itself. But um, yeah, I mean, if you're doing a a private deal, it's going to have both features included. Um, Just because over the long arc of things, you know, I think a lot of companies that don't expect to have a token will probably have a token. And many of these companies start off as labs organizations. But ultimately, launch a infrastructure based L two or something like that, um, where where a token is necessary. So, I think a lot of the convergence will happen uh, over
2: time, especially with venture deals.
1: What about Arkham?
2: Oh God, that's I uh, What are they doing? <laughs> They're actually kind of like docs people on chain. Did they do the token sale because they failed a
0: fundraise, or what? What what happened here?
2: There's a lot going on. I don't know what happened with the fundraise. It's
0: funny. People love Arkham product. I feel like it was like starting to compete with Nansen and then they just, they just blew it. I mean, the Mike and I were talking about this, the number of like companies that just self-sabotage themselves. I'm like, do you, what are you doing? Guys? Crazy. Yeah. And the, the self-sabotage in crypto is remarkable. The bear market tends to
2: bring that out in people. I think there's just a, yeah. I mean, some bad operators or, or, or the bull market decisions kind of come home to roost. That's the other flavor. Yeah. The, like, Wait, that the bull market decisions come home to roost. Oh uh, yeah. Oh yeah. We did this thing two years ago. It's like, oh no. I mean, I tweeted this a, a
1: while ago, but I, I think just about every startup that dies is not killed by homicide, but actually suicide.
0: Quietly. I feel like a lot of small seed companies, like sub 10 person companies have just kind of been closing their doors. Some are returning capital. Have we seen the end of that? Or is that, do we,
1: is that, does that keep going basically for the rest of this year? I would assume it keeps going. Keeps going. Yeah. For sure. Definitely keeps, keeps going. going. Yeah. I, I would, I would imagine that this fall, it gets even more dire. Um, just because you have a lot of the people that raised for 18, 24 months during 2021, they're out of capital by the end of 2023. And yeah. they're, they probably have done things to, you know, sustain or prolong what, what ultimately will be the inevitable which is a, a massive, you know, write down in terms of what their valuation is based on last round, you know, needing to raise capital to survive, or frankly, just to wind down. Like we, we've seen a couple of companies who were raising, and then they came back to the table and said, actually, you know, we're just not going to raise, you know, shut things down, um, which is the first time that I've really, you know, seen that. I think it, it comes from a recognition of like the market has completely changed. The outcomes have potentially completely changed as well. And people you know just get burned by the bear market and their their hearts not in it and frankly entrepreneurship is not something where if you're not 110 in you can't do it um so i think a lot of people are realizing that
2: yeah yeah a lot of the more i would say consumer crypto startups are having some trouble probably the nft ones that market has changed a lot but you know if people want to continue on they can generally raise money at a down round you know, fire sale, whatever valuation. It just gets back to Michael's point: like, how bad do you want it? Is that worth it to you versus going off and doing something else with you know the next couple of years? Weeks
1: like this made me think we're going to have a fun time in the next few years, but not
0: everybody's on board. Yeah, the pivot to AI is dead, so I'm stoked about that.
2: Yeah, I, I saw a tweet today that was like, "Is ChatGPT the MySpace of AI?" Maybe not, but it kind of does get you thinking. ChatGPT month over month is down like 10. percent like the
1: the chart on interest, like for Google Trends of ChatGPT, is not looking positive.
0: Do you guys use ChatGPT?
2: Probably once a month. Yeah. Like, if I want to find out like some random kind of like permutation of like a Wikipedia fact, you know, it's pretty good for that. But like, I don't know what else. I'm like, yeah, I don't. I don't fully get it. I use it. I use it a lot. What do you use it for?
0: Basically, like getting off zero with a with a Google Doc. So like, here's an example. We just brought on a, um, like a VP of sales. And uh, like, we create 30, 60, 90 day plans for everyone who joins Blockworks, especially mm-hmm. like execs or leadership team. And um, I don't know, we've never had a VP of sales, right? And so I just, I was like sitting at this Google Doc being like, all right, let's we'll discuss 30, 60, 90. And uh, I just went to G- GBT and was like, all right, here's some context. We're like a 50 plus person media company in crypto. Here's our revenue. Here's, here's like how big the sales team is. We got this VP of sales. Here's where he's coming from. Uh, create a 30, 60, 90 day plan. I mean like 70% of the, it spit out, uh, spit out like a summary. And I was like, make this into a, two pages worth of stuff. Gave me super detailed analysis. So I was like, break it down week by week. And then I copied that into a Google doc and chopped it around and then added, you know, added my own flavor, obviously. Can not
2: imagine it? You work context for for me, for at least what, what we do. I don't think what you guys do is
0: as useful. I mean, we've like played around with like you can you can actually like connect not GBT, but there's some open source LLMs now. Like we've debated basically um connecting like a couple of the open source LLMs to our governance platform. And uh hmm. maybe, I should, maybe I shouldn't share this. Whatever, I'll share it. And like uh alpha. it can, might, might leak some product alpha. That's okay though. I don't think other teams know how to build it. And um <laughs> Basically making it so that you can update the governance proposals in real time as they come in. You can summarize them, um, using like a open source LLM give. I like
2: that. Yeah. To me, that's like not me using AI. That's like you using AI for me. I'm, I'm down for that though. That sounds great. We're subs. We subbed the blockers research.
0: Fans, You tried like seven times to subscribe to it. I kept getting failed (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
1: notifications. (laughs)
2: <laughs> I'm I'm the nightmare user that reads yeah. use yeah. all your stuff. Yeah. Alright, should we wrap it?